0: Welcome to the Somatic Gospel Podcast. In this show, we explore the powerful intersection of faith and personal growth. Our focus is on helping listeners achieve greater awareness, healing, and transformation through the blending of somatic experiencing, polyvagal theory, psychology, neurology, nervous system healing, and emotional intelligence in relation to the gospel. We believe that, By bringing these diverse approaches together, we can offer a unique and powerful way to support the global body of Christ in its journey towards greater health and wholeness. Join us as we delve into the deepest questions of faith and explore the many ways in which we can all grow and evolve as individuals and as a community. So let's get started. Welcome to the Somatic Gospel Podcast. This is Anthony Quinones, and I'm with my brother Nate, best buddy. Today we're we're free flowing an in exploration into this work that has to do with actualization of our identity in Christ, um, further embodiment and navigating through the challenges of both being someone or people who are further furthering their embodiment and also being a space and by God's grace, guides for others in their own journey and exploration of embodiment. So um, into our conversation <laughs> yeah. uh, before we, um, so just so you know, um, there's two things that, that I want to address before I get into the main meat of what I was going to say. The first thing is, Nate and I do this. This all started from a, a prayer agreement, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, we got together in the mornings to pray every day at eight o'clock and just hold space for one another. And we noticed that um, these conversations were deeply enriching our lives and furthering our practice and our expansion in embodying our identity and embodying the wholeness and the rest of the gospel. And so it was clear that the Lord was utilizing these conversations and that it was to be offered as an open conversation for others to join into. Um, Before we begin our meetings here on these podcasts, we, we do one of our... Uh, practices of grounding ourselves in the present moment through the senses and prayer. And then we begin our conversations because we want to be the space and the container. And so you guys can reach out to us and let us know if you want to be involved in those spaces or do you want to just hear the podcast, but it'd be great to get grounded before you listen to anything that way not coming with unconscious filters and judgments about what we're talking about, but you're a space and a container and a, a listening platform of possibility. So there's that. And the second thing is over the last two days, I think I've, as we dive into getting this podcast up and running, Uh, working on a website, working on social media content and everything for what we're creating. Um,
1: There's been an engagement in
0: my heart with limiting conversations and beliefs around doing this. (laughs) Right? Um, There's been some sadness of not doing it earlier. Um, There's been some anger of I should be at another place instead of where I am. Um, I should be further along. And I think that was the the flavor of yesterday's, you know, limitations that came up for me, right? As we're beginning this journey, um yes the thief uh, the thief of joy is comparison and unfortunately we do live in a social media driven culture that um screams constantly how you should be somewhere else living another life by only putting forward highlight reels of the beautiful things of life right and not the the nitty gritty um not ugliness of growth and formation, but just the honestness of it, <laughs> the vulnerability of it right, yeah, um, and so last night um and through a good portion of the day, there wasn't a sadness or depression, it was an anger of not actualizing. And I feel like now it's interesting because this stuff never showed up until not that it never showed up, but it didn't show up in this in the way that it did until this became more real for for me of we're we're doing this, we're we're risking it because we don't know if anyone's gonna listen.
1: Yeah, we have no idea.
0: We don't know if um if anyone's gonna work with us in our trainings. If anyone's going to want to coach with us, we don't know any of that. We we just know the value that we've had for one another, and the value that some of these distinctions distinctions have had for our life, and we're we're going into it completely with trust. And so, I I got to witness you know the the aspect of me that didn't. Take self-actualization, I don't mean that in a weird new age way, I just mean that in the way where a person actualizes their intentions into actual concrete reality, right? Manifestation, not in the new age way, but yeah, something that manifests, right? A seed gets planted in the ground, you water it, you nurture it, give it sunlight, and it becomes a tree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right like that's a, it actualizes via the new the the nur- the nurturing environment that it's in and i realize how much these conversations are nurturing conversations but again the sapling has to break through the surface of the of the dirt to get the yeah. sunlight and i think some of it is mostly growing pains, um, and recognizing where I didn't utilize the power of choice. That was one of our conversations, uh, Sunday, Sunday night, I think it was. Yeah. And then moving into Monday was the power of, I decide. And then I, and then I, as I meditated on it, I, I, I realized how little, um, I utilized that power. Not that I never use it. How little I utilized it in a deliberate way at the capacity in which I wanted to to utilize conscious, deliberate, powerful decision-making that moves things forward, where I'm able to actually execute and actualize. Um, So the Monday was a sadness around it, and then I got to bump it up to anger (laughs) yesterday. Which was wonderful because one of the distinctions is that when we look at things like anger and frustration, um, we look at them as pathway emotions that open up the opportunity for their mature form. So anger is not bad; it's actually welcomed. We're like, "Ooh, anger! What do I get to realize now that I'm experiencing anger? <laughs> this is good. I'm angry. Oh!" And so, like, this is the distinction with. You know the work that we're doing is that uh, we're not batting and wronging any emotion or narrative. We're holding space for it to tell us why even why it's even there in the first place. And so, there you know, anger reveals that there's a narrative that we have been subjected to and at the effect of external things that limited or hindered us from actualizing right Mm. and it's really always only present to reveal that when we mature from utilizing a new perspective we actually do have access to willpower and i don't mean you know willpower in the context of i'm just mustering up you know, the last vestiges of willpower that I have to try to force life. No, no, no. I mean that we we recognize the potential power within the choice and we access it and utilize it. And that's the whole point of the anger is to you know, when you're angry, you ever want to punch something or someone okay. I've been right? Been there. And yeah. there's that, and that, that's the good thing. There's that energy that's like, it's, 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 it's a, it's a inner fire mm-hmm. that just gives you, a, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's the, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it like alchemizing. Right. It doesn't have to be weird and like, you know, occultic. No, you're, 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 it's in you. It's, a, it's an energy in you when you've experienced that anger, you can feel it and then, convert it kind of like solar you know the solar panel receives the sun and then it converts Mm -hmm. it into energy to be used in a house or whatever and then we do the same thing like with that anger when we recognize that that fire we can convert it over to direction we can you know convert it and then channel it direct it towards Doing something or yeah. asserting, you know, from passion. N- not not like um sinful passion, but you know what I mean? That that yeah. passion of like, oh, I'm gonna get this done. I'm gonna, you know, pursue, I'm gonna actually actualize. I'm gonna um I'm gonna become, I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna break through right? there, There is this sense that breakthrough is not only passive or we're just waiting for grace to do the thing, but it's also active where we're taking and channeling the fire of anger into actualization.
1: Yeah. I, <clears throat> I want to speak into maybe some of the language that you're using that mm-hmm. Christians who are listening may not have a, have any kind of context for, and could disrupt some of their listening. I I want to encourage people who are listening that if some of this language, it feels weird for you or, or unchristian or a little too out there, I would say one, keep listening um, because we will eventually bring context into this, some of the things that we're saying. And two is some of the work that we're talking about here in some of these things is that when we hear a a word or something or we experience an event or we experience a person that oftentimes we're quick to have a narrative around that. And so we are bringing distinctions to some of these words and using words that we may have in our modern language that is scriptural, but the church doesn't use that language so it's not using the word to alchemize something or actualization or manifestation those are very biblical things we just don't use them in the church and think that they're dirty words so i would encourage you to listen without that filter um but i'm, I'm like I'm taking into consideration the people who are listening. To Absolutely, like, hey, use alchemize.
0: Oh gosh, no! <laughs> yeah, not that word. It's a dirty <laughs> word. Don't yeah. use that word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I I've strangely felt pretty similar. You know, I'm I'm going through the training program right now to become certified to run this certain kind of training, and yesterday was about interpretations. And I found myself feeling similarly. I didn't quite feel angry as much as I did experience more presence yesterday than I have in a long time, being present and noticing my narratives. But what I realized was I live in interpretations as facts a lot more than I realized. And... Um,
0: oh, let's just... Uh, can, can we just... <laughs> Can we, I feel like the weight <laughs> of that, like, ooh. It's like, yeah. you know how when you're watching a movie trailer and it's like, ooh.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: In a <laughs> way. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Say that
0: again. Please say that again.
1: Yeah, I, I had a realization that I live with with my interpretations as facts more than I realized I did. And that was... That was saddening for me a little bit, um, because i I saw how much that creates disconnect in, in a lot of my relationships because i my uh, uh, something will happen with my wife and I, and I think that my interpretation of that is actually what she's doing, so there's this immediate reaction now it the work we're doing is that we've got tools, I've got tools, you've got tools in order to interrupt those, that cycle. So I don't stay in a cycle of reaction, but like what we're talking about of actualization would mean that those reactions don't drive us really, that we, we really don't live in the realm of reaction, but we live in the realm of responding and choosing that I'm not, I'm not subjugated to my own bullshit. i'm I'm not that I, i i'm able to get off of that track and live in choice live in in that space and so yeah there's there's some anger that arises around that for sure i think one of the other things to note is that as we're talking just about anger that scripture says be angry and do not sin so there's There's a lot of ways to be angry and it's not, it's not bad and wrong. It's we're not transgressing anybody. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. And to speak on maybe to bring clarity, maybe to people who are listening is to anger being a pathway. Think about the thing that might make us angry, like sex trafficking. And Mm. a lot of Christians get angry about that stuff and then we take action we may start a nonprofit that helps with sex trafficking or it doesn't have to be a christian just anybody we can find something that angers us and make a decision to to take action around that thing that we're not just subjected to anger without ability um and i just wanted to bring some clarity on that because i was i was thinking about that having that consideration in mind for the listeners that that's what Anthony means by anger being a pathway to willpower that we we have this opportunity that anger comes to tell us something about a value we may have, something we care about that we're not seeing that we're not experiencing that is a desirable outcome, something that we care about and anger can be a channel for us to ride in order to then make a decision um and and have a more more desirable outcome or something that we want to see manifest in the earth whether that's for sex trafficking women being rescued out of sex trafficking right so that's just a a little more extreme example but that's the the idea behind it is that anger can become that and so I think for you and I having anger around actualization is a great channel for us to become actualized (laughs) for us to grow. And I I've experienced that often this year. The anger of feeling like
0: mm.
1: feeling and recognizing I'm not I'm not necessarily the context for certain content to come up in my life. Yeah. And that's okay. I think I'm learning to be okay with it, but it is frustrating when I, I see the possibility of me being that context and that it's growth pains, really. <laughs> it's the, I want to be somewhere that I'm not. And we've talked on this often of even that mindset of like, I want to be somewhere, but I'm not there yet, but I want to be. and And what that even does in our journey of rather than being present with where I'm at now and showing compassion and Presence to myself in that journey. How relieving that can be. Uh, Absolutely. How soon <clears throat> that can be to the soul to, Hey, it's, it's okay, bud. <laughs> like, it's okay. We're on a journey mm. together. And um, when I say together, I mean, it's, it's coaching the, the fragmented parts that still need healing. Really, this work is about being our own coach in a lot of ways. And, yeah. And holding ourselves high to not give in to our own bullshit.
0: Yeah. For yeah. our Christian listeners, please don't um, write us off because Nate used the word bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Um, uh, please listen into the value of what's actually being said.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm taking notes here. Cause, um, uh, I got some really cool content ideas later on for a uh, totally, total different side note, but, um, so anger, there's so many things about what it can do and why it's there. Um,
1: I've got, I've got a question for you, unless you're on a certain thought there.
0: I am, but okay. No. Ask, and ask the question, and I yeah. My
1: that. my question would be, I'm thinking about the me listening to this maybe eight years ago, who is really struggling with anger. What and I'm thinking about some of our our content our content wheel. Like, what's one of the biggest misconceptions about anger? I would love to talk on it because we are talking about how we can be angry and not sin. So maybe. Can you touch in this conversation, like what is anger and, and what is the, maybe one of the biggest misconceptions around anger? One of the biggest
0: misconceptions around the emotion of anger that people have is that there's something wrong with you mm. or that you shouldn't be experiencing anger.
1: So so shame, essentially, like there's something wrong well, with
0: me. <clears throat> right. The word should denotes judgment. Yeah. Um, so there may be a little bit of shame around it. So, yeah, especially when it comes to men and our culture, like you shouldn't be angry. Um, and, and instead of offering a space to, again, utilize the potential power of anger, we shame the anger and say, oh, shouldn't be there. And what happens is repression happens, yeah, versus allowing a container for the constructive use of anger into willpower, which actually affects powerful change, because the reason why I am angry about anything is because it's revealing that there it what anger is revealing is that this, whatever it is, must change, mm-hmm. and it's also revealing that I've been out of integrity with my values or that a group of people has, or as a society, you know, sex trafficking, abortion, a bunch of societal ills that we're navigating through together as a country and even globally, you know, I'm not gonna call, you know, what I'm talking about, the 19, you know, the 19, I'm not gonna say the other word, don't want censorship. Yeah. Um, all, All of that, why are we angry? Well, it's calling us forth into action, one, which is why anger Mm -hmm. is present. And two, it's revealing that we are on the precipice of transformation Mm -hmm. into something greater by the power of our choice. And we're realizing this, whatever this is, that we are, that's a symbol for anger. Is it showing us that, we've been out of integrity with what we really value, whether it is collectively or individually. And so it's a great moment. See, what anger is, is an opportunity for exploration, to explore the narratives, to explore the underlying assumptions about what we're believing about whatever's happening. Again, the interpretations. And so the question is, where, what do I value and how have I been out of integrity with it? And so,
1: so when you say the question is, um, what I really, what I think I'm hearing from you really is, to, that's a question to really ask ourselves, that when we're experiencing anger, when we're experiencing the, the emotion of anger, is to notice it and then ask myself that question. Like, okay, what is it that I'm valuing? And what is it that's out of integrity here in my life? And I think that's great because I think when I, when I look back on when, the moments when I would have so much anger, you know, my, I, I used to be a very angry person. And some of that, I do know anger is a secondary emotion and that a lot of that points to sadness. Mm-hmm. It, it can point to sadness underneath that anger. Um, and there was a lot of sadness in my life that I hadn't processed and looked at. And so I think that there's, with anger, when we feel shame around anger, like I shouldn't be feeling this, or there shouldn't it shouldn't be here, then we don't. I I, at least for me, I feel more resistant to actually look at it and what's going on, and ask myself the question, why is this showing up, and what is it here to reveal to me? And so I think just taking off the shame around anger alone, it loses some of its charge initially just just in the sense of hey it's this isn't bad and wrong because as you as you know what we resist persists so the more i would resist the fact that i was angry that i was experiencing anger i would become more angry because i didn't want it (laughs) rather (laughs) than rather than just saying oh hey okay what's out of integrity and 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 what can i choose? That will get me back in alignment with what I say I desire or what is here, and maybe it's a brave conversation with somebody um, which I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but a, a courageous conversation or or you know, bringing up something that I need to bring to somebody um, so there's so many things that anger can bring us into, and i I I wanted to bring that up because if really we can start with recognizing the anger and follow it, I, I've kind of been using this term. I follow my frustration because Mm. I don't experience, I mean, (laughs) frustration is a way of anger, but it's, to me, I almost see a distinction between frustration and anger. Like they're very similar, but
0: it is. uh, So frustration is an offshoot of anger. Yeah. So, in some of the work that I had done before with one of my mentors, um, he would utilize, and and, and I'm utilizing the same sort of um, framework for emotions. There are six core emotions, okay, mm-hmm. and those core emotions have offshoots. So, for example, anger is an emotion, but it feels like being betrayed, disrespected, belittled, neglected, disregarded, attacked misunderstood mistreated cheated deceived um oppressed denied weak frustrated right like ah you know so anger is the core emotion it's the it's that energy that exists within with what that that's associated to a particular nar- narrative and so the point of these pathways these emotional pathways is anger does something it it reveals a distorted perception and the the distortion is this external thing is causing me to feel this way no no this external thing is revealing something already within me and yeah. so i utilize the external situation to reveal something within me right yeah. and so when you mature the emotion what ends up happening is it reveals the true perception of it, is that the external is a side effect, but the cause of my of my feeling begins within, right? Yeah. And absolutely. so if I'm taking ownership and living in the power of I decide and I'm, I'm transmuting anger into willpower, I am now living in reference to my internal state of being versus living in reference to an external thing and then saying, how should I feel? How should I live? Versus inwardly, I have a resolve and I decide from within, right? Which is, this is fruit of the spirit. It's self-control, right? It's self-mastery. Right. What we're talking about is that's a fruit of the spirit. Right. So this is what we're talking about is literally the um, consequence of living in the spirit, though, by the spirit. We're Mm -hmm. not living from outside in anymore. We're living from inside out. So in that way, if I'm mastering myself, which is the greatest challenge to master Then the external things are much easier to master because I'm not focusing on mastering those things. I'm focusing on mastering me. Because really, at the end of the day, any conversation around mastering anything is ultimately a conversation about mastering yourself. Mm -hmm. Because let's say you're trying to master learning an instrument or whatever it is. What are you doing? You're exploring how you interface with the thing that you're getting good at. Yeah. And, and it's right, it's not the guitar that's my problem, <laughs> why I'm not good at playing guitar. My issue is when I hit up the when I hit up against the challenge of getting past a particular exercise or getting to the next threshold of mastery of the instrument, what happens within me? what's happening internally what's the conversation what's the flavor of emotion and feeling and like you said if i follow the frustration it will reveal something to me
1: exactly one of yeah.
0: my mentors he would say feeling is the road to the awareness of everything
1: oh wow, that's great that's Incredible. really yeah because that's if really
0: you, good yeah you mm-hmm. um, can utilize feeling as it's a road that's going to give you awareness. It's a pathway. It's yeah. not, there's nothing bad about what you feel.
1: No, not at all. Our, Let our emotions, it. Right.
0: Follow the yellow brick road, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what I'm As saying.
1: They're sacred signals for sure. Exactly. They're they're, they're, oh, that's they're so good. beautiful. They're beautiful gifts from God, you know. And essentially, you know, when we talk about emotions, really that word emotion comes from energy in motion. And so to to shame anger or shame frustration uh to shame ourselves for experiencing this energy essentially we're shaming our own self saying like oh i'm Mm. not good for having this energy that's essentially what we're saying there's like that's one as a believer as a follower of jesus that is nowhere in scripture so you can't find that anywhere (laughs) that it's bad to have these certain energies it's what we do with those energies do we like what anthony's saying do we allow that energy to actually run our entire life out of control or are we self-mastered are we operating in self-control and so uh following these sacred signals and exploring them as far as hey what's happening with me like maybe maybe the other questions that Anthony um, is is asking are are too difficult in that moment. But even a simple "What's happening? How did I get here?" Beginning to explore those emotions and noticing why they're showing up can be so powerful. And and oftentimes, what happens when we when we judge and we shame any kind of energy that's in motion or in our life that repression happens and then we become like a volcano, all of this stuff is just waiting underneath the surface to blow up. And that's where like rage comes into place. That's where all of the all of the what we would kind of say is like negative outcomes of an emotion, um those happen because it just gets repressed. We don't look at it, we don't explore it, we avoid it. When when anger gets avoided, that's when repression happens. And so it's so important for us to look at it and follow it and, and these signals are incredible. And w- what we're talking about, I want to speak into you using the word transmutation for a, a moment, because again, listeners may have no context for what that word means and, or they have a context that is very interpretive <laughs> for it, but essentially the word trans means to take. So transformation is to take from one form to another. Transportation is to take from one place to another. So transmutation is to, to essentially take one thing and mute it and make the other thing speak. So that in, in a very simplest form, that's what transmutation is. It's not witchcraft, it's not anything else. It's muting one thing so another thing can not be muted. And so in this context, it's it's m- when he's talking about maturing anger into choice, We're exploring the anger, exploring what's happening inside of us to bring to forefront the narrative that we're believing around it so that there's clarity in what's happening in me emotionally because anger, I know this, my experience with anger at times is that I become so like single eyed, so focused, so unclear in my head that the breathing practices we do help to loosen up some of that charge and then bring clarity into what I'm experiencing and why I'm experiencing it. And then from there I can step into maturing it where I'm, I'm exploring it and then I can choose. I'm, I'm exploring it and then it becomes muted and something else, my choice becomes louder. And so it's this, it's really a game of exploration and discovery of what's happening on the inside of me. And it's powerful, bro. It's really what we're talking about has literally changed. I say changed, but transformed my life. You know, it really has. Um, this work, I'm not the same man I was eight years ago, dude, because of this work. That's
0: good. That's this really, kind of stuff. That's really, really, really good stuff. Um. As you're speaking about, I, I do want to touch on this, um, and and I, and I don't, I don't know the ultimate reasons behind this, but I know there's a little bit of fear. There is a long-standing conversation in the church that forsakes feelings altogether and opts for only intellectualism. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have a template for what do we do with feelings? Uh, oh, oh, it's not about feelings. It's about the Bible or yeah. this. I've heard this mantra. Marriage is not about happiness. It's about holiness. And and you you get married to get sanctified. And it's just like- As if, as
1: if joy is not holy.
0: Right. right. <laughs> but like a third
1: of what the kingdom is made of.
0: <laughs> right. It's just, as if joy is not holy- or as if God didn't literally give us neurotransmitters for dopamine, um, serotonin, oxytocin, yeah. endorphins, right? Like we don't, we don't know. Like He didn't create those. No, yes, He created those things, right? Um, and 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 I get what they're trying to say is that it's more about the holiness than the happiness. But I'd say, how about instead of doing an either or, can we do a both and? And here's why I'm touching on this. I'm using it as an example because there is a forsaking of feelings that is a, it's very much in the ethos, the culture of, especially Western evangelicalism, there's this like ethos to, it's not about your feelings, you know, like put your feelings aside and like, just like read your Bible and stuff and pray. It's like, you know, the thing about that idea, God made feelings and feelings happen in the body. Mm-hmm. So as you were talking, I came up with this quick little sentence, forsaking your feelings is Gnostic because it disembodies you and it yeah. thrusts you into the abstraction of thought based well, escapism.
1: Wow. That's really good, man. I I think like, as you're saying that, what I'm, what I'm really thinking of is, I think the, the people who speak on that kind of forsaking our feelings, it's not about feelings, it's, or even like Ben Shapiro, it's not about feelings, it's about facts. It's like, well, I, I think what could be said uh, along those lines is it's not about our interpretations, it's about the facts. There you go you know, but feelings are so important. And there's a massive distinction between my interpretations and my feelings. The feelings are what comes after my interpretation. So there's facts, there's interpretations, and there's my, my feelings. And so the, how I view my facts will always produce feelings. So in one way I can see that, but, but we want to reverse engineer. We want to come back from my feelings The feelings point to how I'm interpreting something and that interpretation is essentially an automatic thing that we go through. So if I completely ignore and cut off my feelings and repress it, then I actually have no power to to view the facts differently and I'm convinced of all this and I will stay in the cycle of my interpretation and my feelings over and over and over and over again. So what we're talking about is here's my feelings. I'm following my feelings into the interpretation and into that fact. And if we can keep the facts, the facts and the interpretations, the interpretations and the feelings, the feelings, and make those things distinct, then, then it changes the whole game of our life and self-control and how we experience things. And our, our, what we're talking about with the sadness and anger around not being actualized, at least for me, I'll speak for myself that The anger I have is that I still get caught in this, these reactions at times Mm. I'm, I'm I'm, my interpretations at times run me, meaning I make those things facts so quickly, but I'm in a, I'm in a space now where like, I'm able to notice that Mm. and come out of that game a little faster. Yeah. But the actualization would be that I'm not living in those interpretations that I'm living presently to the facts. So
0: did, did they cover this in the, in, in your, this quote, um, I am that I interpret the moment that I interpret, I become the interpretation.
1: I don't remember them saying that they might've said, said. That, that was,
0: but... that was Francine Ray, who okay. was the part two trainer for gratitude. Um, Francine. uh. Incredible trainer. But I digress to the point that, you know, you know what I noticed? What's really at the helm of like when, when you, when you watch to just switch gears, but I want to use this one as a, this is a cultural expression of exactly what we're talking about. And I feel like it can also create room for political, um, maybe we don't agree on everything, but we hold space for one another. Yeah. Is, you know, a lot of the gripe of <clears throat> the left, woke, liberal, whatever you want to call the that side of the aisle, is it feels like they're not being heard mm-hmm. and that their feelings are being invalidated. And a lot of their feelings truthfully come from their erroneous interpretations and and it's not their fault and, and and you don't have to be bad and wrong for having those interpretations but if we can if we can have the conversation of saying okay i see that you feel that way about a woman's right to choose okay so are you interpreting when we say that A woman doesn't have a right to to end the innocent life of a child that we're taking away that right like like again, a lot of what comes from that side is anger around it. Mm -hmm. So, again, what's the underlying narrative women are victims to the patriarchy women are victims to this conglomerate, you know, um, monolith of male governmental overreach. Um. But then on our side, when they're like, hey, a woman should, you know, like on our side, like we're angry, too, because we're saying you can't kill a child. You're like, that's wrong. Right. But that is a fact. That's not just an interpretation. Yeah, we've taken that fact and we're that's our subjective interpretation but it's also a uh, objective fact in the universe and the problem is is they look at the fact and they interpret it a particular way and mm-hmm. they're so committed to their interpretations that that then generates that emotion of yeah. anger right so then we're going back again. if i'm out of integrity with my values what's their value essentially that there's that they're opting for the value of I need you. I'm free, and you cannot infringe upon my right of freedom
1: to do whatever I want.
0: Right to do whatever I want,
1: even now, if it harms another person. But they don't right. see it. Their interpretation is not that it's harming another person.
0: Well, well, yes, of course not, because it's just a clump of cells, according to them, right? Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to get political on this conversation. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's not a this conversation is not about whether abortion is right or wrong or any of that. The conversation is more about what's this side's interpretation? What's that side's interpretation? Now, based on their interpretation, what are the emotions that generate from from the interpretation? Now, I'm of the view that it is ending innocent life and it's wrong. Um, that's not just an interpretation. I think that's a fact. That's a scientific fact. It's a biological fact. You're ending life, Okay. Um, And so we're saying our value system is that life should, and I'm going to use that word, which I rarely do, but life should be given the chance to have its course. Right? And so like when we're having this conversation, again, we come from a Christian worldview. So we're not, we're not, um, saying that feelings are ultimately Supreme absolutely not God is is ultimately Supreme Jesus Christ is ultimately Supreme but what we're talking about is more on an interpersonal level in our relationships and in relation to actualizing ourselves into something that we're up to and creating these emotions can be powerful um, indicators and messengers that come along our path to assist us in awareness that's the whole point but you can take that framework with the emotion that anyone's having and go oh your interpretation is this and and yeah. and, and a greater mastery of interpretation ultimately ultimately will lead to a greater mastery of emotions because yeah. you're not trying to control your emotions your your emotions are there and 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 they're a byproduct you know it's the fruit
1: Again, exactly. it's a it, byproduct that's a good, that's a good way of putting it it really
0: yeah, like they're not the cause, right? They're like, oh, once it gets to the level of emotion, that's it.
1: That's um, what so many, but so many of us at one point or another have lived in it not being the byproduct; that it is the product, like it is the cause. Mm-hmm. And with, uh, oftentimes, we put it on other people, like you are the cause of my anger. You know, Danny, Danny Silk, Melissa, and I went through Danny Silk's uh, like premarital online course that he has. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Look, <clears> the last <throat> button. If I had a remote for your life, the last button I want to do is push, yeah, make them angry. Like that's the last button I want to push for you, you know. So I mean, but we but we so often project in that way, like this person can make me angry. And it's like, dude, that's no, like that's the last button anybody would ever want to push. And um I think what happens is that we what we're talking about is being fully responsible and owning our emotional life. And when we can see it as the byproduct of something and an interpretation that's already happening within me, we actually are gaining back our power and our, the, the power of self-control for our own life. Mm.
0: Absolutely. It's a return to mastering ourselves yeah um which the goal isn't mastering yourself it's a fruit of the spiritual life mm. and so again like so in our culture you know hustle culture gary v you know um make a million dollars in 2 seconds if you buy my course whatever whatever right all that like oh you're a master so so it's interesting is because the culture wants the result of they want the result of something that's planted Wow. and yeah. you you can't you can't right back to anger what's the fruit of the spirit self mastery well how do you plant spiritual life within you and this mm-hmm. this is where it comes back to um embodiment right and it's mm-hmm. it's a process it's stages and You're well within your right to experience your anger, but just recognize, like, the fruit of the spirit is self-mastery or self-control, right? Love, joy, peace, kindness. Mm -hmm. Those are fruits. But fruits can't exist without an environment of nurture. Mm -hmm. So we need to be enculturated in the soil of the gospel.
1: Wow, that's a good word, bro
0: in order to see those things produce themselves. Because remember, the gospel is an incorruptible seed. It's the person of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not just an intellectual ascent to doctrinal ideas or dogma. The good news is a person who incarnated. So when we receive this person and then we live in the nurturing environmental space of the spirit in the gospel's context, well, the only thing that that's left for it to produce is after its own kind, which is love, peace, joy, kindness, you know, long suffering, self-mastery. That's really what it is. Now the culture is chasing self-mastery without realizing that self-mastery is a fruit. It, It arises from what's planted first, right? And so really like this is what this conversation is about is, you know, our heart is like soil. And what are we planting within that space? Is it the good news that then manifests in the fruit of the spirit? Or is it not so good news that manifests in the work of the flesh? Which if you read that passage in Galatians five nineteen to like 22 or whatever, the work of the flesh. right? <laughs> There's a lot of effort and force Involved, whereas the fruit of the spirit has to do with life essence emerging from an environment of, of nurturing culture.
1: Yeah. And I want to I want to speak on this too because the, the fruit of the spirit oftentimes the spirit is referred to as word. So Jesus says, My word is spirit and life. Boom. Oh. And so that incorruptible seed oh. world so everything we're talking about deals with words emotions deal with subconscious unspoken words oh, right like so that's what our interpretations are and so receiving the word what the the self-mastering the work we're talking about is uncovering the unspoken words that we're listening to essentially and and tilling that soil of our heart in order to give it the the, the words of life that come through Jesus and through the gospel. And we're, we're removing strongholds, you know, strongholds were, I think we might've talked about it yesterday, where strongholds are these places where the enemy would retreat into. And the the patterns of our life, the interpretation that, that becomes solidified, it becomes uh, an interpretation we live out of as a fact, and that becomes a stronghold. And so following our emotion, back into what's this interpretation that I'm believing. Well, if we can see that and begin to, to decide, Oh, that's not true because here's what Jesus says about me. Here's what Jesus says about this fact. Here's what Jesus says about this event, that those begin to shift our, our subconscious beliefs. And then the scriptures and the word the, the word that I'm a beloved son in whom he's well, pleased" becomes an anchor for me that interrupts my whole subconscious thought process and, and can bring me into the fruit of the spirit. So that's essentially the, the work that we're talking about. It all has to do with word, whereas flesh has to do with work. It's different. You know, the, the living by the flesh is living by my own, uh, not willpower. Cause I don't want to use that in this context, but it's, it focuses on what we do and not on who we are, not Our on being. receiving the word and receiving the compassion of Christ. Yep. And and receiving,
0: know, yeah. Receiving identity, receiving way of. Yeah. Being.
1: Yeah. Receiving the spoken words and, and those subconscious interpretations that we declare as facts. When, when we hold on to those things, it stops us. We stop ourselves essentially from from receiving the word. And over and over and over again. And and I want to say, too, like you said something that was really powerful about um, being committed to our interpretations. And I think even in the realm of receiving the gospel is that we we become committed to the interpretation of our tribe that we run with. Mm. A lot of times that that can happen is our flavor of faith. uh, And our community of faith that we almost a group think comes. And so we are committed to some interpretation around something in the scriptures and that can inform our feelings. And one of the first things that we learn in interpreting the Bible is let the Bible speak, like let the, let the word interpret itself. And so often different camps, They'll, they won't read the entire thing in its context and with overarching context of the, the the father the early church fathers or or anything else and read the entirety of its context and then come up with an interpretation around one part or they listen to calvin or luther or the pope or whoever else to interpret something for them and then become committed to that interpretation rather than what's the scripture saying? Like, what's the fact? And there's so much to, to look out when it comes to reading scripture and walking with Jesus that if I'm bringing my interpret my own personal interpretations about my life and then I'm bringing my interpretations about scripture and I combine that, I could be living inside of thousands of lies in one moment and like not even be aware of it
0: absolutely yeah yeah oh my goodness
1: yeah and it's that's it that's a dangerous place to be i'll say and and not dangerous there's no shame around that it's just dangerous because of the implications of how that plays out in our life and how we interact with people and what that does for our community to live out of that space rather than living out of the freedom of facts, so to say
0: i'm gonna I'm gonna go on a stretch here and say that if we approach the Bible and we um hold to a collection of ideas and interpretations from the Bible that thrust our nervous system into flight, fight, freeze, or fawn, we're probably not interpreting the Bible the right way yeah because when you look at the way the human body is is built and yes, you know, there's corruption, there's death, but it's it's again, it's viral. It's not that the body is bad and wrong. It's not. It's fearfully and wonderfully made. It's beautiful. And all of its functions are beautiful. Now, if I am reading the scripture And like Jesus said, I'm going to give you my peace. Paul says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. You know, if my exploration with the Bible and theology or Christian spirituality isn't generating as a fruit effortlessly, based on the environment that I'm in, faith, hope, love, righteousness, joy, you know, the nervous system state where my ventral vagus nerve is activated and I'm socially engaged and I'm laughing and I'm resting and I'm digesting and I'm being nurtured, then that's certainly an opportunity to take a look at the environment in and say, you know, maybe we are misinterpreting it because, The Bible says in Proverbs that laughter is medicine, right? Right. Well, science is catching up to that. Like, laughter literally boosts your immune system for like 24 hours. Wow. Which, so it's good to laugh, right? Yeah. Um, But then you know what anger does? And not that anger is bad, but it's an indicator, right? (laughs) Anger actually, it drops your immune system for hours at a time, even if it's just a few minutes of, of anger. It literally lowers your immunity, right? And it's not to say that, well, then we should never be angry. No, no, no. If you have a constant state of anger, well, then you seriously need to figure that out. <laughs> but,
1: Which we've got um, tools to help with. <laughs> we have
0: tools to help with. We have we have we do. Like, coaching sessions. We have like courses and workshops and stuff like that. Um, but if it's just a moment, and, and and then you utilize the power of that moment to transmute, to change, to transform, whatever, so that you can embody um, the way of being, which is in Christ, the fruit of the spirit, then it, you're cool with it, right? Just like if sadness is sustained over an extended, prolonged period of time, we'll call that depression, right? So there's something that needs to be healed obviously because that's that does also lower your your immunity and it it it, it it's um it's a freeze response in the nervous yeah. system yeah right and so we're not called to that kind of life you know we're not called to this like perpetually angry sad hypervigilant like i'm just going and naming a bunch of things all over the nervous system we're not called to that life but so often in Western evangelicalism, it is hyper vigilant and angry some some expressions of it, or you know what i mean or or even like this like desperation of longing where where people are thrusted into this like spiritual depression because they haven't arrived yet, yeah, at some supposed whatever
1: and his revival just, hasn't broke out in their church or, yet, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and and this is where like the gospel really heals all that and changes it because it is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy spirit, <laughs> the fruit of the spirit. Like that's what really manifests from that.
1: Yeah. 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 True. I think you know, I want to touch on something that kind of goes along with that is, uh, I think it's important to, to note that we all have interpretations. And so interpretations aren't bad and wrong either. It just, they just are what they are. And so what we're talking about is, you know, becoming aware of those interpretations so we can shift them and have uh, an interpretation that serves us. And truthfully, an interpretation that is in light of what Christ has done. Absolutely. Uh, And how did that tie into what you were saying? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my train of thought on that one, but. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to make that I wanted to make that note that we all have the interpretations, so it's not if you're listening to this, it's not bad and wrong to have those either. it's it's just they are what they are. we have those interpretations, but we want we We are working on undoing interpretations that don't serve us, that don't serve healthy connection. Mm-hmm. they don't serve connection to family friends and community and um yeah.
0: yeah yeah ultimately like look your whole life is a is a series of what we call relationship circles okay mm-hmm. and the, the reason this podcast exists the reason our courses or our trainings in person trainings and all that exists is for relational flourishing and so that your relationship to everything is abundant and flourishing. So your first relationship circle is you with yourself and God, right? If your self-talk is horrendous, I mean, you can't love your neighbor as yourself because you hate yourself, mm-hmm. right? Could you, could you imagine loving your neighbor as yeah. you love yourself and you just hate yourself? You're not going to love your neighbor. You're going to hate them and you're going to hurt them, right? Right? hurt people, hurt people, but healed people, heal people.
1: Yeah. Your next, and Yeah. I, I was going to say t- to speak on that for a moment, is that um, the, the thing about a lot, like what we're talking about in terms of, if we ignore our emotions and ignore the depression or ignore those things and ignore this self-talk that is harmful, but then still say we love people, we go to church and we're like, oh, I love you. I'm so glad to see you. And we put on a pretentious fake lie. Then what we're doing is, one, it's actually causing brain damage. It's to say something, to make some sort of affirmation, but not really live it, can actually harm the brain more than it actually does good if it happens over and over and over again. and and then on top of that, what what we're doing is repressing all of our emotions because we're too scared to look at it. Mm. Rather than, you know, finding a space where we can be nurtured back into health and nurtured back into healing those interpretations, and that's kind of where I was going with that. I think before was that it's not that our interpretations are bad and wrong; it's that they they need healed. It's absolutely. It's the, you know, Jesus said, if our eye talking about our perspective is full of light, our whole body will be flooded with light It'll be full of light. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially the embodiment work when we talk about embodying or being like a manifest son of God. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about healing our lens, our filter of how we see life so that the light of Christ can fill our entire being um, with mm-hmm. his peace, with his joy. With his righteousness, yeah. and so um, that self-talk is so important. That relationship circle, otherwise, you yeah. just project it all out.
0: Well, that's that. That's my point: is your most important relationship circle is the one to yourself and God. Yeah,
1: exactly. And the reason
0: I say yourself and God, not just you and God, is because you exist with you, and you're in a relationship with yourself, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. You're you're always with you wherever you go. There you are. Yeah. So you. That's, you know, there's this um, rejection of like, self-love is evil. Hold on, guys. Relax. Calm down. Narcissism is evil. Self-love is biblical. I have to love my neighbor as myself. And if I'm one spirit with God, according to 1 Corinthians 6.17, I'm not going to muddy up some weird theological idea right now. (laughs) But I'm all I'm gonna say is, hmm, that's an interesting thought. I'm one spirit with God and I have a relationship with myself that's one with God.
1: Well and And I have a
0: relationship with God. Hmm. That's interesting. Right? Yeah. Like to 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 move into the other circles, like the the main circle is yourself and God. Your next circle is the closest person to you if you're married, it's gonna be your spouse. Yeah right? That's your next relationship circle. And the outflow, the, the results or the consequences of that relationship is going to be an outflow of the relationship that you have with yourself and God. Yeah. And then if you have kids, they're next. If you have other family members, they're next. If you have friends, they're next. And in the, in, the, in the rings of the relationship circle, it ripples out. So just think of it like, yeah, this is perfect. It's like an epicenter, Right? So like the epicenter of your life is your relationship with yourself and God, and then that will ripple out into all of the other expressions of your other relationships circles. you know, at the furthest point of your relationship circle, um, it's going to be your widest one, and, but not your deepest one. And it's probably your acquaintances or people who um, know your social persona, whether that be on social media or networking events or in community, but they don't know you intimately. And going outward, and you have, you know, then like acquaintances know you a little bit more than just sort of their idea of you. And then you have friends, like real friends. I'm not talking about someone you call a friend is not your friend. And it keeps going inward that way. And you know, they it it flows back and forth, right? Like yeah. it, it, the beautiful thing about this is that the relationship between you and God outflows into those relationships, but then God, <laughs> super cool. He will inflow into you through those other relationship circles as well. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: God's always in a relationship with you and with everyone else around you. And He's Mm -hmm. interconnecting you with everyone throughout these circles.
1: That's really good. I was I was gonna say that um concerning union, once we're once we're regenerated in Christ and 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 the spirit of Christ fills us. To reject our own body is to do something that the Lord himself hasn't even done. He actually loved us so much and loves our body so much he wanted to get in us. And so for us to reject our own being and our own body and have self-hatred is to do something that the Lord literally died to get that out of us. He, he died and rose again in order that his resurrected spirit would come and take up residence in us. And he, he loves our body more than we do. <laughs> so, Amen. and that, that will just flow out. Like you said, to all the other circles, the, the extent of that relationship and that inner knowing is how we will then interact with other people, how we engage with them, and their interpretations, their body in, in every aspect. So.
0: This is good. This is good. I feel complete. How about you?
1: Yeah. I feel complete.
0: Awesome. We love you guys. Um, we're here for support. Come check us out and, um, be blessed.
1: And remember, yeah. Remember if whatever platform you're watching on right now, or you're listening to just remember to subscribe to it. And uh, especially if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe and hit the alarm bell. So you'll actually get the notifications when we post new stuff. Absolutely. Guys. Have a good one. Peace.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Somatic Gospel Podcast. We hope that you found the conversation valuable and that you feel inspired to continue your own journey towards greater awareness, healing and transformation. Remember, you don't have to navigate this path alone. We are here to support you every step of the way. So be sure to tune in to our next episode where we will be exploring the topic of neurotheology and how the thoughts of God change us from the inside out. Until then, may you be blessed in your own unique journey towards wholeness and may you continue to be a blessing to those around you. Peace out.